Star Wars 7x7 episode 720. Well, today was normally going to be a Celebration Europe weekly update as we count down to that big event, but the folks at Star Wars decided to throw us a little curveball by dropping the news about an exclusive first look at Rogue One in the upcoming Entertainment Weekly. And though the magazine has not hit newsstands yet, there's a lot to talk about, including the cover, which has three very intriguing reveals about it, and the story on Entertainment Weekly that previews their whole issue, which reveals a lot of other details as well that had previously been rumored and leaked and so on and so forth, but some of it's been confirmed and some of it is brand new. We're going to get into all of it here in a bonus-length episode. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and even though you can't easily classify Star Wars fans and fandom, I'm going to do so right now, and it's applicable to you listening to this podcast. There are, I believe, three types of Star Wars fans. One is the type who will listen to any rumor, leak, spoiler, or any other source of information to find out as much as possible about the movies as soon as possible. There's a second type that wants to avoid any kind of news, leak, rumor, or spoiler, will stick their head in the sand as best they possibly can to try and have a complete and unfettered experience when they go see a movie as it debuts in theaters. And then there's a third audience, which is sort of the audience I naturally find myself in, left to my own devices, and that's people who are interested in hearing anything that's been officially released by Lucasfilm. In other words, I don't care about learning about things about the movie. Well, I do care, <laughs> is the point. I don't care about hearing it as long as it's meant to be heard, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And that's where this podcast lives. So if you are in that second category where you want to avoid anything and everything, then you're going to want to tune this podcast out, and thank you very much for listening. If you're in that first category of spoilers, well, you're going to hear a lot of stuff confirmed for you that you may have heard in spoiler sections of the podcast previously, but you're not going to hear new stuff. In other words, I'm not going to share information that has been been in spoiler territory that might be hinted at or inferred, I guess, by the stuff that is being released by Rogue One and Entertainment Weekly and Lucasfilm. You're not going to get any deeper stuff about that. We're going to stick squarely in the space of talking about the new news that's been released and tying it into rumors that have been previously out there, but not expounding on those rumors. All right, now that we've got that out of the way. There are three parts to the news of today. First of all, there's the reveal of the cover itself. Second of all, there is the story on Entertainment Weekly's website, which we will link to at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com, which has a whole bunch of teases about what's included in their cover story that's hitting newsstands on Friday. And the third element is the feature on Good Morning America, where the cover itself debuted, because Anthony Bresnikan, who has been the reporter at Entertainment Weekly, who has been deeply tied into the Star Wars franchise and also reports on other fandom-related franchises, was interviewed for the Good Morning America piece and shares a couple of extra details that aren't necessarily revealed by the cover itself or by the tease that's on Entertainment Weekly's website. So let's get into it. Starting with the cover, at the top of the show I mentioned that there are three things on the cover that are new news, as it were. They are things that had been released in rumors and leaks and spoilers, but now they have been officially confirmed. First of all, the biggest news of all, Darth Vader is back. 
he will be appearing in the movie in some unknown fashion. There have been leaks and rumors about what could be involved in that. Again, we're not going to get into that for this episode, just so that if you are in Category 2 new news, folks, then you will not have to worry about that. Category 1 folks who are all about spoilers have heard that on the podcast previously, so I don't think we need to cover it. Anyway, Darth Vader returning. Now, this is particularly newsworthy because... When they've talked about the movie in the past, they've said that it is a movie bereft of Jedi, but of course, pointedly, they didn't say it was bereft of the Sith. There's no Jedi that's coming to save the Rebellion in this particular instance, and yet we don't know how far Darth Vader is going to be involved with this particular plot line, whether he's going to be actively pursuing the rebel agents that are after the Death Star plans, or whether he just happens to be floating around and is a menacing presence involved in the movie. And the teaser on the Entertainment Weekly website doesn't have any insight, but the interview with Anthony Bresnikan on Good Morning America does have this to reveal. Darth Vader kind of looms large over the plot, even when he's not necessarily on screen, because the, the new villain played by Ben Mendelsohn. He's trying to fulfill the wishes of the Emperor, and he's got kind of Vader looming in the background over his shoulder. Alright, so that's the first mention of the Emperor also in regard to any of this, including even rumors and leaks and spoilers that I've seen. There's of course been a lot of talk about whether the Emperor is involved in that one scene that we see in the Rogue One trailer where the Emperor's Royal Guard is standing by in that chamber that that hooded cloaked person is coming out to. Maybe that's Ben Mendelsohn's character, maybe not. He didn't have a hood in his cape when he was seen striding across the water in the beachfront planet that we see in the Rogue One trailer, but you know, the Emperor's Royal Guard suggests that the Emperor has got to be around somewhere. And since we're talking about Benton Mendelssohn's character, they don't reveal the name, at least not in the article. I know it's been revealed in other sources. We're not talking about that in this round, though. But the article says that they're going to take a look at the skullduggery inside the Imperial ranks as seen through the eyes of a new villain, Ben Mendelssohn's ambitious officer who's eager to earn the favor of the Emperor and avoid the wrath of his black-masked enforcer. That sort of calls to mind another kind of relationship that we've seen recently, General Hux and Kylo Ren vying for the affections of Supreme Leader Snoke, although it seems like in this particular instance for Rogue One, Vader's position is probably a lot more firm than Ben Mendelsohn's character seems to be just yet. We'll have to see how that all plays out. All right, the second thing that's new and noteworthy on the cover is the new look TIE Fighter. We have the TIE Striker introduced to us. That's the name of it according to the Entertainment Weekly piece and reminded me a bit of the Cylon fighters that we saw in the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. Not necessarily in, you know, what they actually look like, but more just the silhouette of them than anything else. And if you remember back to the leak of a visual story guide for Rogue One that Disney came out to say was incorrect and also unauthorized in a lot of places, well, the image of this fighter was included in there. I can't remember off the top of my head if it said it was a TIE striker or not, and of course a lot of the sources where this stuff was put out there have been pulled at the request of Disney, so it's not one I have been able to readily find again. But that being said, I do remember the image of it, and it is the same darn thing. They're not mentioned in the GMA piece, and the video that they show from Rogue One is only shots from the trailer itself, so there's no new video footage there, by the way. We will link to that video, or have it embedded in the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. And they talk about them as being flatter, fang-like interceptors in the EW article, so... 
Mm. I think that's about right. And, of course, naturally, I want to know why we haven't seen them (laughs) inside the original trilogy. And who knows, maybe Lucas will come back and edit Return of the Jedi and throw a bunch of the TIE Strikers in there, too. I guess we'll have to wait and see whether that happens. Always a danger in introducing new technology into spaces that happened before the original trilogy, because all we're going to do is wonder, hey, why wasn't that in Star Wars or Empire or Jedi? But I digress. The third thing that's new on the cover is the new droid that is being played by Alan Tudyk. Hopefully I got your name pronounced right, Alan. Sorry about that if I didn't. The teaser on Entertainment Weekly's website doesn't mention the designation of the droid, so we don't know what its name is. And even when the visual guide leaked, there were a couple of different names for it. It was actually a situation where there was one character that some people thought was a letter and some people thought was a number, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get into it until it actually gets revealed. But you can see that droid very briefly in shots in the Rogue One trailer, trailing behind Jin Erso as she's on whatever, you know, planet, Tatooine-ish looking like planet that is, that she's walking around on, and also running through the Cannery Wharf subway station, which looks to be doubling for an Imperial facility of some sort, since there are all those troopers running around as well, presumably chasing after them. And though the background on the robot and what it's designed for or anything like that haven't been revealed officially, yet. There's a tease in the Entertainment Weekly cover story article that suggests that we have seen this kind of robot before, and I don't know about you, but I can't think of where I've seen this kind of robot before. I mean, I've seen all the movies, I've read a bunch of the comics, if not all of them. Maybe they're going back into legend stuff for all I know. I don't know. Anyway, if you have seen the picture of the robot on the Entertainment Weekly cover image that was released and you recognize it from some bit of Star Wars that we've all seen before, then by all means, let us know in the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, here's the rest of what we know so far. First of all, the Good Morning America video only reveals one other major tidbit of information, which is that the action is going to take place on a new planet that we haven't seen before. And you kind of guessed that, didn't you, with the tropical scene (laughs) that we saw in the Rogue One trailer? I mean, yeah, a pretty easy guess, I would say. And it seems like they're at least on one other potentially new planet because, you know, I'm talking about where we see the droid following Felicity Jones's character and it looks Tatooine-like in a way. But really, are they going back to Tatooine? Oh, I certainly hope not. I hope we get another different planet entirely. That would be the same planet that we see Donnie Yen taking some stormtroopers to task on. Yeah, let's have that be a different planet too, shall we? So, so far we've only seen three planets, at least as far as we can tell, within the Rogue One footage, there's, of course, Yavin 4, and then there's that beach planet, and then there's that one that has the Tatooine-y looking like settlement place, that one too. They usually keep the number of planets that they stage these movies on comparatively small. I mean, when you think about it, we only got two planets in the original Star Wars. We had uh, Tatooine and we had Yavin 4. We only had, what, uh, two, three planets, actually, in The Empire Strikes Back, Dagobah, Hoth, and um, Bespin. And, you know, Tatooine for Return of the Jedi... Um, Massing Nercellus, I wouldn't count that. And Endor, actually. Tatooine, Dagobah, and Endor. So three planets for Return of the Jedi. The Phantom Menace had Coruscant and Tatooine and Naboo. Attack of the Clones had, let's see, they had a lot, actually. They had Naboo, Coruscant, Tatooine, 
Geonosis and Camino, so they had the most, actually, of all of those. Of course, you can make the case that Revenge of the Sith takes place on a lot more planets, but I'm only talking about planets where there's any major dramatic action happening. So the montage for Order 66 and all the Jedi getting killed, I'm not really counting that. I'm talking about the time that we spend on there, like Coruscant and Utapu, or Utapau, however you pronounce it, and Mustafar, like those three have some significant time spent on them. So we're right in the wheelhouse with three. I have a feeling we'll still get one or possibly two more mentioned in Rogue One, but you know we'll again have to see how that plays out. Now, there are other things in the cover story sneak preview that are worth talking about too. First, let's start with the big familial relationship revealed, which is not really a reveal at this point because A, it was rumored, and then B, it was spoiled by Mads Mikkelsen himself when he was on a British TV show doing an interview, and he let this particular fact slip. But he is playing the father of Jin Erso, Felicity Jones's character. There's also another tantalizing tidbit of information about his character in the story. It says that he is playing a scientist whose knowledge is sought by both sides. Now, there is a rumor going around about what his affiliation is, and maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. I wouldn't necessarily jump to conclusions based on this language, knowledge sought by both sides. I wouldn't jump to a conclusion about whose side he's on or if he's on a side at all because, for example, you know, here are three different ways you could interpret that particular line from Entertainment Weekly. First of all, if he's an utter independent, then this obviously supports knowledge being sought by both sides. It means that he's a known quantity out there and both the Empire and the Rebellion want to learn more about what he knows and what he can tell them about the Death Star. Second take is that if he is working for the Empire, then... You have a story where, you know, the knowledge is being sought by the Empire by, you know, employing him. So there's that side. And then the Rebellion is trying to get knowledge out of him by using his daughter, Jyn Erso, as a lever against him somehow. Or a third take is that he's working for the Rebellion. And maybe he's mentioned the fact that he has an estranged daughter kicking around the universe. And so the Rebellion snatches her up. So that way she isn't in Imperial hands and can't be used as a lever against him for any purposes. And then while they're at it, they think, hey, you know, she looks like she can handle herself in a fight. Let's co-opt her into the Rebel Alliance and send her on some missions. So long story short, don't read too much into this knowledge being sought by both sides thing because it could go any of those three ways or even something else that we haven't considered. The article's also promising full details of the squad of characters uniting to take on the Empire played by the most multicultural cast to appear in a Star Wars film yet, quote-unquote. So we're going to be hearing about Diego Luna, Jiang Wen, Donnie Yen, Riz Ahmed, Forrest Whitaker, and Alan Tudyk. That will be really awesome and may confirm some information that we've already heard from that leak from the Rogue One visual guide that was out there a while back. And last but not least, they say there will be, quote, candid revelations from the filmmakers about what the current reshoots are adding to the story as the film nears its December release, unquote. So this is where the cynical part in me pipes up and says, hmm, is this the real reason why we are getting this whole exclusive first look in the first place? It's almost two whole months ahead of when The Force Awakens first look happened in their fall preview issue that hit newsstands in mid-August. It was dated as a double issue August 21st and 28th. So yeah, a little jaded part of me suggests that this is all part of a larger plan with Lucasfilm. And hey, you know what? 
I'm okay with it. <laughs> Let him tell me more about the reshoots. Let him use the framework of an exclusive first look at Rogue One to get it out there. I'm fine with that. That's all right with me. I'd love to know what your thoughts are about it, too. Do chime in in the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com about the cover and about the images that are being shared, about those little tidbits, about the Good Morning America piece, whatever your heart desires about Rogue One. No spoilers in the comments, though, please. Chime in at the comments at SW7x7.com. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, time for a trivia question. You might need this. Last time we asked you what Ray's bright idea was to defeat the Guavian Death Gang in Kanja Club while on Han and Chewie's freighter, and that was to reset the fuses on the blast doors. Today's question, what real-world organization is represented by a flag hanging on the outside of Maz Kanata's castle? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get set up for your attack run, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not three marks at 210, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.